Hello, this is Tim, the lead pastor of Mosaic Portland, and welcome to the Mosaic Portland podcast. We exist to follow Jesus in authentic community for the world. And right now we're gathering Sundays online uh, to worship together and to open up scripture together. And then after that, we have virtual house gatherings that meet all over our city. And the great thing about these is that you can actually join in wherever you're listening from. We think these right now are the best way to be known, to connect with others, uh, and to be on mission together. They're also where we pray together on Sundays in smaller communities, where we take communion together and debrief what the talk was about and engage scripture more. If you want to find out more information of how to be a part of one in this season, you can find out more info on our website, mosaicportland.org. Now let's go to scripture together as we listen to this podcast. So as we come out of uh, just four weeks of focusing on Jesus and uh, Advent and his arrival, we've, we've used this theme for uh, this season of light shines in the darkness and uh, to be able to celebrate Jesus' arrival um, and who he is and all that he's done. Um, as, we, as we did this last year, um, celebrating the arrival of Jesus, we, we ended last year with uh, a gratitude Sunday. Um, and for us at that time, it was uh, the end of a, a year of Jubilee. And so we had marked the whole year as a year of Jubilee. Uh, and part of the reason we did that is God was preparing uh, our church, Mosaic, for our next season. And as we stepped into a 2020, God was uh, leading us in a new direction with new vision. And uh, January was was great as we stepped into that. And then right as we were preparing to share uh, with more uh, of our whole church, we had a, actually a day planned to share more vision of where he was leading us and the, the next steps uh, for us uh, uh, COVID hit, uh, and the rest of 2020 has been very different. And so now as we come out of uh, this emphasis on uh, on Jesus as the light of the world and uh, shining in the darkness, we come to this Sunday, which we had anticipated as another Gratitude Sunday to end the year. And uh, we want to do that, but we realize that as we look to God and are grateful to him for everything, and as we celebrate who Jesus is and what he's done, uh, that, that gratitude captures so much of that and is appropriate and timely but we need another word. And so we're adding to a word of not just a gratitude Sunday, but gratitude and? And grief. Grief. Yeah, grief. This actually came up through a house gathering discussion that we were in a few weeks weeks ago, several weeks ago. And a woman in our house gathering just said, as Jesus followers, we're so quick to jump to gratitude. We're so quick to jump to the positive and to gloss over grief. And really that limits our experience of God. And so in this season and in this year where we have experienced so much loss as people, as friends, as family, as a community, we actually want to take time to to definitely cultivate gratitude, but also to acknowledge grief. And um, part part of that acknowledgement for for many of us is it comes easily. Uh, we feel it. We can jump into it. We can step towards it. We can talk about it. But for some of us, there's actually a guard that goes up. We hear the word grief and we step back from it. We don't want to experience it. And um, one of the things that we know is that for all of us, whether we're experiencing grief or not, we have experienced loss and all grief is tied to loss. So we're going to actually step into that. Yeah, this is uh, this is our last Sunday of 2020. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's been a year. 
I think this year is single-handedly, single-handedly turning my my beard gray. <laughs> it's happening, um, and and that's that's been my experience this year. That's been our experience. Um, it's been your experience for for many of us over the next few days um, coming towards the end of the year. We're going to stop and reflect, and as we do look back, we're going to see both of these. Mm-hmm. We're going to see places of loss that we will label and call out and name as grief. And we'll also see uh, places of, of gratitude. And um, so that's, that's what we want to do with our time today is to um, look at why these are both important to identify in our lives and uh, why they're both important to express. Um, and also to look at scripture and where scripture meets us with both of these, where both these show up in scripture and to share um, for the three of us in this time here where we're experiencing both grief, uh, grief and gratitude um, and then also later in our house gatherings having an opportunity to share where we're experiencing both um, grief and gratitude. And so looking at scripture, I, I actually want to start um, with with where God meets us in grief. Mm-hmm. Where, where is he when, when we are grief, when we are in this place of loss? And I'm going to be looking in the the book of Psalm in chapter 34, and we'll actually be in Psalm a few times today. I, I love the book of Psalm. Um, it it kind of gives full vent mm-hmm. to the human emotions, to the human experience, and grief and gratitude both show up in the book of Psalm. And uh, this is in chapter 34, verse 18. It says this, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Mm-hmm. And I have revisited these words in grief over and over because oftentimes in moments of grief and loss, when we really step into that experience, it's, it's pretty isolating and lonely. And oftentimes the first question we're asking is, where is God? And, and to understand that the scripture tells us when we are in that place of loss, when we're in that place where, where we have unmet expectations, things are broken, things seem out of joint, God is there that he is present with us. He is near us when we're brokenhearted and when we're crushed in spirit. And, and so today, as, as we're processing and stepping into what it has meant, meant to grieve over this year to realize that, that God is with us mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. So that's a, that's a promise from God that when we grieve, that's God's promise to be there. Um, in Psalm 126, uh, the last... Two verses say this, um, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. And so there's this, if, if Psalm 34 is, the, is a promise of God to be there and be present and to show up, um, Psalm 126 articulates the experience of, of somebody uh, having tears of sorrow, having loss. Uh, it, it, it paints this picture of uh, going out weeping, but carrying with something, carrying with them something that, that they're actually sowing as they're weeping. And uh, not only is the, is the picture that that's painted uh, helpful, but to know where this psalm was actually experienced after it was written, uh, that, that followers of God who were going to worship God at the temple um, would be saying this, reciting this as they're walking up the hills into Jerusalem. And it's one of the 15 Psalms of Ascent uh, towards the back end of the book of Psalms. And, and, and so they're actually reminding themselves that, that God is available for the whole 
experience, the whole human experience, that it's not just the positive, not just the good, but traveling through life, recounting that, that there are times that are good, then there are times that are, are painful, that are, are characterized by loss, and that God's not scared by that. There's this, the preparation of somebody going to meet with God, to go to worship with God, was actually, I'm going to bring all of me. And in that, there is the, the sense of loss and grief and pain. And as I bring that it's as if I'm sowing it or I'm, I'm planting it as it seeds and it's going to grow into something. And that, that might be so weird to think about in terms of grief and loss that rather than, than, uh, and we're going to talk about this in just a moment, but, but kind of putting it off into the shadows or deleting it or ignoring it, which is oftentimes our human intuition or our, our reaction is to, is to bring it and make it seen and available and to think about it and to reflect on it. And again, that might seem so counterintuitive. And yet here we have this modeled in scripture as a way to prepare to worship God, as a way to prepare to meet God is actually to bring our grief there present before, before God. And it's, it's modeled for us right there in the Bible. One of the really beautiful promises that God gives us, that Jesus gives us in his his famous sermon on the Mount <laughs> is from Matthew 5, 4. And he says, blessed are those that mourn for they will be comforted. And the, the promised him that even as we come and worship with all of us, that God promises to comfort us. And, and that's what we hear in all three of these, that God is, he wants to be involved with the whole experience of our lives. And not only that, but he promises to help. He promises to comfort. And it's so easy for us to resist that. It's so easy for us to, to not bring that whole experience to God, to not bring our grief to God. And that's, that's called coping mechanisms. <laughs> yeah. Coping mechanisms. Yes, that's, that's a great word. Um, <laughs> this is something I've experienced absolutely um, in my life. I, I, I don't like grief. I know it's important. You're so weird. What, I know, what is man. That about you? I, I, it's something that God wants to redeem, but, but just in my flesh, naturally, it's not something that, that I pursue. And in fact, in my family growing up, I'm not alone. Um, my family didn't like grief, along with a whole list of other emotions that were unpleasant. And so we, we had this coping mechanism, and, and it, it even had a hand motion that we would say it kind of joking, but also kind of meaning it. And, and when something would flare up that was either scary or uh, a loss that brought on grief or something that was difficult, we'd say, just, just push it down, push it down, push it down. And, <laughs> and essentially saying, oh, man, if you, just, if you just don't think about it, if you just don't look at the elephant in the room, um, you don't have to acknowledge these emotions that are difficult. And and, and even identify them. And uh, as I as I grew up and, and became a man, I, I just began to realize be, because of scripture, um, because of, of mentoring, because of, of counseling, that that actually doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That I can choose not to think about loss. Um, I can choose to, to push it down and, and to push it out of my mind. But the effects of grief don't go away. Um, the, and, and the fruit that could even come from what God wants to do in redeeming that is, is something that that's missed. And, and so this year I've, um, been, been trying anyways to lead myself not to do that. And, and there's been a lot of opportunity and it's, it, it has been a, a difficult year. I mean, globally, we, we have this pandemic that we're all going through and we're all experiencing that, but, but even personally, uh, personally, each of us have grief and loss that we've experienced this year. Um, for me, this has come in the form of, of not being able to spend time with my dad. 
my, my dad is older and not super healthy, especially over the last few years. He's had a few diagnoses that just aren't good. And um, he's, he's someone who I love to spend time with. He just brings so much joy to me and to my family. And I've just not been able to spend time with him um, because it's, it's not safe. And that started in, in the summer and we kept thinking, well, in a few months, in a few months, we'll be able to get together surely by, you know, my birthday in October or by Thanksgiving or by Christmas. And, and it's just felt like loss. I feel like I'm losing time with this, this person, this man that I, I want to spend time with that I love. And, 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 and it's also kind of scary because I, I keep wondering, like, have I, have I spent time with him in person for the last time? And, and it's just been really painful. And the temptation has been, I, I can't think about that right now. I mean, this year has enough going on. I, I can't sit with those emotions. And, and what I, I keep leading myself to remember is that, that God wants to be present with me in that and to not push it away, but, but to be present with God, even in grieving something like that. Adam, thanks for, thanks for sharing, not just your coping mechanism, um, but but also what that is for you in in the moment right right now like that's yeah that's that's hard and i'm sorry and yeah um we we each want to share a, a coping mechanism in an, in an attempt kind of to illustrate um what are, what are some of the things that that cause us to want to avoid dealing with with grief and grief and feeling it and um i want to share you mine with you but i think it, it might be more helpful to actually illustrate it and uh, in order to do that, I want to tell you what went through my mind when Adam described pushing down his emotions. Um, it's a scene from a, a movie um, that I'm sure we all know. Uh, it's where Cal Naughton Jr. says to Ricky Bobby, okay, I'll just push it down and not think about it. In the cinematic masterpiece that we all know is Talladega Nights. Um, you know it. You know it. Thank you. What I'm doing right now is illustrating how I mask my grief with humor. Um, I attempt to, to minimize and, and to cover over things that are painful and difficult with, with humor. Um, I'd like to think I'm really good at it, too, sometimes. Uh, I have some friends that tell me I'm not as good as I think I am. But um, that is, that's my coping mechanism. When something is painful, it's easy for me to, to sidestep it and go to, um, to an attempt at humor and, and to be funny and then laugh and then kind of move on and not deal with it. What that allows me to do is minimize it and, and delay um, feeling it and, and not avoid it, but delay it. And uh, so what I've been dealing with this year with, with grief and loss is, a, is some delay. And um, one of the ones that I shared uh, last year and the beginning of this year was the loss of uh, a mentor of mine and for many of us uh, uh, and a key person, man, leader in our church for years and, and the loss of Paul Rhodes when he passed away August of 2019. That, that's a, over a year ago now, coming up on a year and a half, and um, I'm still learning to, to actually face that and deal with it um, because I, I like to minimize and, and avoid and sidestep it. And so to actually hold that before God and um, thank God for who Paul was, specifically for me, who Paul was in my life, um, but to grieve the loss that he's no longer here and going through 2020 and all the challenges and the numerous times I wished that I could call or text or drive over and sit with Paul and that I can't and to be able to hold that before God and say that's, it's not, in addition to that, it's, it's also, I think, helping me learn how to 
deal with grief in the moment. Uh, and, and for me, as you described, Adam, dealing right now, today, tomorrow, last night, on Christmas morning of, of not being able to be with your dad. Um, for me in the moment right now, it's, it's watching uh, and walking with Abby as she goes through the challenges of being a, a, a first responder at an, an, a nurse in the emergency department, the ER room here in Portland, and all the challenges and the fear and the, how that is scary. And a job that was in so many ways just kind of perfect <laughs> before um, is not as enjoyable, fun, and fulfilling. And so to learn how to walk with uh, my partner, with Abby, through that and um, and grieving the loss that it's it's not what it what it was, and to be able to do that, not totally in the moment, but more in the moment, um, as I'm not making jokes about it and not minimizing it, but letting it be what it is. Yeah. <sighs> Key word that you said was attempt. <laughs> But no, it was, um, I've, se I've seen you, um, as you have been walking with Abby and I seen you, um, as you've come to staff and we've prayed and, um, just as you've stepped towards that and I'm learning from you as you're doing that. So thank you for your vulnerability and sharing that. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, similar to Adam, uh, we actually have a family coping mechanism and I've become masterful at it and that is reframing. And so when a negative or painful situation arises or a situation that includes loss, it would be reframing it actually in the positive, why it's actually a good thing that that, that painful thing has happened or that loss has happened. And one of the things that's been, um, really painful and just very, very freshly painful is that I have lost my childhood best friend. And on Monday, she took her last breath. Um, she's a lifelong friend. Um, a dear, dear woman uh, who, who loves Jesus and has four children and um, a wonderful husband. And um, she, she lost her life on, on Monday to late stage ovarian cancer. So um, this is, there's been a lot of loss in this season. Um, my, my husband's work, um, some with the kids school, um, friends having to, to relocate, but this is the one that actually has broken my coping mechanism. So it's, um, broken my ability to reframe, uh, at this point in time, I am unable to, uh, reframe why this is actually a good thing. The loss of my friend, uh, the loss of this mother and wife and friend and educator. And um, one of the things that I'm experiencing in this is that it's actually in my loss that my gratitude becomes real. My gratitude becomes richer. It becomes um, fuller, deeper. It becomes more sincere. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I'm sorry that that's as yeah, leading up to this and watching you, um, lose your friend, feel and experience that, that loss has been, has been hard to watch you do that. And I want to just thank you for sharing that with, with our, our church. I know it's, um, but, and not, but, and to watch you connect it to, gratitude 
and describe that, I think is really, really important for us. And so, um, as, uh, uh, as challenging as it can be to talk about something as important as grief and loss, particularly in this year, um, we also do need to to connect it to gratitude. And the and the reason is because Scripture does, is that these aren't meant to happen in isolation, but but they're part of the same whole. And as we've said earlier, the whole human experience is brought before God. That God doesn't ask us to come with a smile on our face. But he doesn't ask us to do that, but he does ask us to, to give thanks. And, and so I do want to, I want to say, read something about gratitude and then ask you to share how that's working for you right now. First Thessalonians chapter five, these, these might actually sound familiar. We hit this in our anchored series, um, several months ago, a couple months ago, um, first Thessalonians five, 16, 17, and 18 rejoice always pray continuously continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There is so much in there, those few short verses, um, but the call to give thanks, to rejoice even. It's not saying, hey, rejoice because everything is good. It's even in the midst of, it says all circumstances that that we are to give thanks. And so this idea of um, being called by a God who can handle everything, um, being called by a God who, who knows and loves us and is always walking with us as we started in, in Psalm 34, promises to be there with us, calls us to give, give thanks, does not call us to hide our grief or to deny loss or to push it down or to laugh it away or to reframe it, um, but to bring it before God and then, and then to, to give thanks as well. So Will you tell us about what that looks like for you in the in the midst of losing your friend? You just connected the loss and grief of that with with gratitude. Yeah. Well, as I said, with my coping mechanism of uh, reframing some of what not some of what reframing does is it, it reminds me of have if you've played the old eighties video games where somebody's like hopping and then they hop over something big to the next thing or to the reward. And sometimes that's what having a coping mechanism can look like. It's like, oh, I'm just going to bypass that and move to this this better thing. But um, when I'm saying that the experience of gratitude is actually richer, it's richer and it's deeper and it's more sincere because I experience more of who God is. I experience more of his comfort when I stop trying to own my own comfort and when I stop trying to deny my need for comfort. And so through that, um, I, I, I mean, just several things, um, in the last couple of days have been, um, become very crystallized in how precious they are to me. Um, and so when we think about um, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted, I am living in a state of grief right now. I'm living in a state of loss. And I'm also living in a state of being comforted by God through scripture, um, through the promises that he has of eternity, um, that even while there's so much loss and so much pain right now, that there will be a time where there is not that pain in his presence. And, um, and then the other thing is, is our church, our dear church and our dear house gathering, where I don't have to muster a smile. I don't have to um, put on a, a shiny, happy exterior. I can come and I can say, 
this has been really hard and I'm really angry or I'm really sad. Um, and I am with people who are going to hear that and they're going to comfort me. And they're also going to help, help me walk towards Jesus. They're not going to gloss over it. They're going to acknowledge it. They're going to validate it. And they're going to say, how can I pray for you? How can I walk with you? And that um, just reminds me, I was reading in Colossians 3, 15 to 17, and this is the message paraphrase. This uh, It's actually 3, 15. Um, but I love this. And, and think, think about our church. Think about your, your Jesus-following friends and community as you listen to this. It says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this is going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness. So it's actually in that experience of our of our house gathering, it's in the experience of our church and, and being able to bring all of who I am and all of what I'm experiencing to God that I get to do that in community with people. And with that community, I get to cultivate thankfulness for the things that God has given us to comfort us with in the seasons of grief and the experience of grief. Yes, thanks Kim. It's been a year. It's been a year. Um, I'm grateful, though. I'm grateful for both of you. I'm grateful for our church family and my house gathering. Um, I'm going to read this this last psalm, and it's it's the psalm that's kind of leading himself in in gratefulness. And I want to encourage us. Uh, we're going to do this in our house gatherings. Um, if you're not able to be a part of house gathering. Um, do this at some time this week. Lay down your loss before God, your grief, and and proclaim His goodness. And uh, these these words I'm gonna read. Actually, we're about to do it in a moment uh, when when we're led into worship and singing. Uh, but this is Psalms nine one. It says this: I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. Jesus, as we uh, kind of come to an end of this year and we think about um, all the ways that you've been present with us, that you've led us, that you've brought us peace, you've brought us comfort, and, and also all the ways that we've experienced grief and loss, um, my, my heart is just led to be grateful to you. Um, thank you that you use both of these things to build our faith, that you use both of these things uh, to show us in a more real way who you are and to teach us how to follow you. And today we proclaim your goodness. We say that, that even in the midst of loss, we are grateful because you love us. And we thank you for this day and we worship you in your name. Amen.